On episode 55 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast, we reveal your favourite and least favourite Friday the 13th sequels. Well, I'm already pitching a tent. Because it's time to sharpen your machetes, load up your harpoon guns, and charge your cordless weed whackers. As we say, for he's a jolly good fellow, and investigate the first eight japes with Jason. I'm Cliff, and I'm joined by three lethal improvised weapons, Emily, Luke, and Bryony. Hi. And this month's guest devil is writer and comedian Nathan Darcy Roberts. Hello, Nathan. Hey, how's it going? Glad uh, to be here. Good, yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, so I got you on board because your first live show was called My Life in Film. Tell us a bit about that. And was there a lot of horror in that show? Uh, there wasn't. It was more rom-com. So that first show was sort of like how I used... Um... <laughs> out <laughs> yeah i mean well rom-com is kind of a horror in a way and i think it has done horrific things to society so it's, it's more like it was a show about how i see my life through film and use film to understand the world so it's a very literal title uh-huh but will there be a horror follow-up uh but it depends where my life goes that's a good point if i go to a summer camp and nefarious things happen then maybe there'll be a my life in film too Wicked. traditionally and i'm not saying you'll do this nathan but you may die and that's quite prevalent in horror, so... Uh, well, I, I like your optimism that it's a may die. I, I always thought, like, I will die at some point. That's always a definite. Well, you know, we can send billionaires into space. We can maybe uh, figure out how not to die. <laughs> uh, right, well, I'll tell you where there is a lot of horror. Right here on this horror podcast. And we'll start with our highs and lows of horror viewing <laughs> from the last few weeks. And, Luke, you can start. Um... My high is the um, Kingdom special they've done, the TV series Kingdom. They did two seasons and now they've done a film special, which well, is a prequel. What, the thing with Stephen Fry doing detective work? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a Korean um, TV series. It's meant to be set in 1392 where there's a flower that brings the dead back to life and it's all lots of zombies, but this one is a prequel showing where the flower came from. Um, that's exciting a, yeah that's a, but it, it, is, it is it is because it shows like how the actual first zombie how outbreak they hap- the happened in there um, and who the, the first person who found the flower and why the yeah. zombies were created it's sort of like a revenge story so it's Star um, Monty Don Charlie no, Dimmock no that does sound good Alan Titchmarsh <laughs> it's Alan Titchmarsh is it oh zombie Alan Titchmarsh I would watch that <laughs> I wonder why that never and they could do a crossover with the zombie um, Richard Whiteley when I misunderstood <laughs> what the horror movie countdown was. <laughs> <laughs> Whiteley versus Titchmarsh. Amazing. The whole series and the film is worth checking out. It's like very over the top and gory and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my low is the new M. Night Shyamalan film. Oh, old. no! Um, which is the first time in a long time that I've actually wanted to walk out of the cinema. I thought he was sort of back with his horrors with Split. I thought, okay, he's going to be back. And then he did Glass and I was like, okay, no, he's not back. Um, (laughs) He was never there in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. It's always been terrible. The the Sixth Sense is the only one that I can sort of look at now and think that's still good. When I watched Signs again recently, I was like, this is is bad now. Um, But Old is just the most unnatural dialogue um, M. Knight giving himself a cameo that goes on for way too long. Oh, um, I hate his acting. And just terrible camera work, and it was really, really cringy. Uh, and it's not meant to be a comedy, but it had me laughing more than anything because of how bad it is. Is it as good as The Happening? Uh, it's The line delivery is 
even worse than the happening. Okay, I'm seeing it tomorrow. So, yeah, you need, this is what you I've been to... looking forward to for like two weeks. I'm so excited. <laughs> they played the trailer when I went to see In the Earth and everyone was cracking up laughing at the trailer, even before it said M. Night Shyamalan. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> was that the twist? The twist was there. It was directed <laughs> by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh God, it's him. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Kind well, of. That's, that's always been my favourite video online of when the film Devil was coming out and there's a video of them showing the trailer in cinemas and then it says from producer M. Night Shyamalan and everyone in the cinema just goes oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with um, Shyamalan after he tricked me into seeing Glass which I <laughs> oh. I felt I was on an um, eight-hour train journey from Glasgow back to London and watching Glass on that journey was the l- worst thing about it Make it feel like a 12-hour journey. Oh, I would have rather just sat in silence in the toilet sniffing piss. It was <laughs> awful. How dare he? It made me so angry because he had bought so much goodwill. Like, Split is decent. It's a decent film. And I think it was a the, the, it was an open goalpost for that to be a win. And it was just garbage. It was embarrassing. I feel like no one read the script until first day of set. And today everyone read re- the set on the first day. And I'm like, shit, we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand that guy. He's rubbish. <laughs> Emily. Um, I've got two highs again. Right, little ray of sunshine, aren't you, Emily? I really am, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's what they call me, little ray of sunshine. Um, I got pinged by the app towards the beginning of July and I was all right for a couple of days and then I went a bit mad. And um, if, whenever I go a bit mad, I decide that the best thing to do is watch films with rubber monsters in. Uh-huh. Um, so, well, I've got one high and one high with a kind of caveat to it. The what the first high is Basket Case 2. Yes! <laughs> was Basket Case your high last month? Uh, it was a couple of months ago, yeah. I'd never seen either of the sequels. I will watch um, Basket Case 3 next month and then probably that'll end up being a, a high for them. But yeah, it was it was great. And most of the time I was like, oh, this is great. There's like nods to Todd Browning in here. It's the usual kind of Hen and Lotta madness, blah, blah, blah. And then the last 10 minutes are so fucked up. I was just like this is amazing. So it goes from one level of this is funny and I can't believe they've got these mental rubber masks and God, yeah, can you just make me a frog guy, please? <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. We'll do We'll do that. There's a real kind of love to how all these things are made, even when they look a little bit shonky and um, it doesn't quite have the same sort of scuzziness of the first film, but Not up that. until the, the last couple of scenes, which are fucking mental, um, it's actually quite a sweet film in as far as yeah. a, a film that's got two deformed monsters fucking with... Um, <laughs> really really over the top uh, sound effects um, I, I yeah. feel like maybe you should have a support plan Emily of when you're feeling a bit wonky and like when when I feel low I watch films with rubber things in. <laughs> and that's a warning Stein I might not be okay okay <laughs> oh Emily's got flubber out that might actually be my happy place so that's a sign maybe. that I definitely am okay well the good news <laughs> is I think that Basket Case 3 is better so you've got that. To oh look really? To, yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, that's that's definitely queued up on my on my watch list. Um and the other one which is my my other sort of semi high, much discussed in previous episodes, Psycho Gorman. Okay. Um I loved all the Robin Monsters. They were absolutely cracking. Um the bits with the family um in the kind of bad sub sitcom acting can get right in the bin. <laughs> you can get right into the bin that's full of guts that's actually a sentient being that's shooting blood everywhere in the movie um but if there were, if someone could do like a fan edit with just the rubber monster bits um yeah i'd be i'd be happy yeah. but i'd be interested to see if they do a sequel and where they go with it but there, there are some proper moments of like trauma style weird shit in it 
So get rid of the um, little girl, especially, yeah. Yeah, well, no, the whole family are annoying. And it's just like, it doesn't take a lot. People write sitcoms every day that at least, even if I don't enjoy them, they at least have a family where you kind of go, yeah, okay, I see what their deal is. With this, it just felt like those scenes had been kind of made up on the spot and not in a fun way. Brianny. Uh My high is Faust. Um, <laughs> because I, I house it for yourself, Cliftifer, and I got to watch all your terrible films. And uh, Faust was the best. It's awful. I love it. I love things that are stupid. So this, to be clear, is, is the Brian Usner Faust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just fucking glorious. And um, my main man, uh, Jeffrey Combs, is in it, who I, I love in everything. And he's just brilliant. It's really over the top. It's very soap opery. It's just so stupid. It's kind of like, it's before they really nailed, like, comic book films so you know when they had that period in the 90s where it was like shadow man and like the crow and shit like that it was like but what you said before they nailed them i mean isn't that the time when they were nailed before they like managed to go okay here's a, a profitable tightly wrapped disguised as a film that we can sell to everyone like faust they didn't nail like nothing was nailed with faust <laughs> <laughs> other than my intense enjoyment of a terrible film <laughs> and, pretty good got a great new metal soundtrack as well it has and i i've gone through a real new metal phase this month um as i do every now and then so yeah if you just want to watch something that just makes no fucking sense and is really over the top and and has boobs in and rubber things and um a very typical sort of yesna melty puddle boob yes <laughs> oh amazing this is one that i've wanted to watch for a while to well, can take it do you remember what my first first time my first time with you guys and i was like i didn't like society it didn't have a plot and i feel like over the last few years like, i've been like actually society's fucking great because mm. it doesn't have a plot but it does have a lot of melty boobs um, yeah it's, it's fucking amazing <laughs> my low is and i feel really bad for this being my low because it's clearly a film and a series that isn't for me because i am now in my 30s it's just not for me and that's okay it doesn't make it bad but it's still i still didn't enjoy it it was the um young adult goosebumps fear street right mm. the whole lot i only watched the first one and i was like okay i'm gonna give this a chance there was some good like gory effects and deaths that i wasn't expecting some of us a bit like, hey, we're young. Fuck you, old people. And I was like, I see what you're doing. Well done. She's a lesbian. That's cool. I was all right with it 15 years ago. I'm still all right with it now. I am partly lesbian, so this is fine. But well done for you being shocking. You're, you're young. Carry on. Um, it was a bit like sitting in the, the gay bar and then like a young girl comes in. And she's like, ah, look at my dungarees. I'm like, yeah, I've been wearing them for a while, mate. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um... And yeah, I watched it and I was like, do you know what? That was that was fine. That was literally just fine. Um, and then one Saturday, me and my boyfriend went down to the Shadyside video store in Brighton, which is like the Netflix pop-up thing. And we're like, oh, this could be fun. Let's go in. And we went in and um, they had like the whole like set up like a 90s video store. And they had, it was like, oh, look at all these films I'd much rather watch than this film. Um like the original VHSs, and this young kid came up to me, he must have been about 19, and he put on the accent, he was like, hey, welcome to Shoot You Said Video, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh you're trying, bless you, and um, he was really into it, but his other co-workers were just like, what, yeah, like, 
it's a Netflix shop. We don't sell anything. If you go in that toilet, there's a hand that's scary. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and then the scary hand reached out of a toilet and I was like, do you guys take turns? And the guy who was putting on the accent's like, what do you mean, guys? There's a scary hand in the toilet. And the kid who wasn't into it was like, yeah, we take turns. <laughs> and they gave us a poster each and we're like, thanks so much. And we left and we're like, neither of us want these posters. Did you not get a pack of fruit pastels? No, what? I got a pack oh, of fruit the... pastels. What? Is that the London one? No, the Brighton one. Oh, really? We didn't get shit. We got shit we got, poster. We got posters and they gave us a bag with stickers and fruit pastels in. Oh, maybe you were nicer to them. Maybe I looked really <laughs> like... Maybe I was like... I thought I was coming across as quite nice, but maybe I was coming off as really patronising. Are there fruit pastels in the movie? Because no. I don't see the connection. No. They just came out of fruit pastels. They just had a job lot of, of fruit pastels and were like, yeah, there we go. Yeah, it sounds like they were grooming you, Luke. I think, <laughs> I think they overstepped their boundaries. What did the hand in the toilet do to you? <laughs> Is there a card in the box saying, if you want to see some puppies, call this number? <laughs> so back to the film. I mean, good new metal soundtrack. No, it was just, it felt a bit like um, Suicide Squad, because I don't know if you've seen Suicide Squad, but every like three minutes, it's not good. Every three minutes they put in like, um, I don't know why I'm talking about Suicide Squad. but no, so it's, it's, it was... so it's definitely someone's... I'd see what you're comparing because they're definitely someone's mm. shuffle playlist. Like, yeah, like, yeah, and it's like every films. two every two minutes there's like here's another iconic '90s song. She's sad. Here's the Pixies, and it's like, oh, I'm old. I remember that. Um, there were some really good kills in it. There was a bread slicing killing. That was good. Um, which you know, again, just made me think. Oh, I'm old. I make bread now. And that's how I'm relating to this film. I didn't like it. I thought... Did you watch the whole thing? Did you watch all three of them? Yeah, I did watch all three. I thought the middle one, 1978, was the worst. And I thought the first half of 1666 was the best. Yeah. But but no, it was was pretty bad all the way through. Do you know what? I'm not sure if I didn't like the film or if I didn't like the fact that I'm old and the shop didn't appeal to me and they didn't give me sweets. It's for kids, definitely. Yeah. Nathan! Um, my highlight, um, I recently watched uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, which I thought was Banger. incredible. It's the f- first thing I've seen by him. My preconception was that it was going to be all style of a substance. I'm kind of not mad about those filmmakers who just thrust really um, intense visuals at you, but there's no character, there's no story. You know, I think Refn is guilty of that a lot. Like Refn's films are mm-hmm. completely... I've seen deeper puddles, but like this, I thought was <laughs> incredible. And it was just using really visceral, um, violent imagery to uh, allow you to put the pieces of the story together, to tell the story of um, just a completely detached woman. I thought Andrew Rye's brother, uh, Barra, was incredible. I thought she was fascinating. And um, yeah, I'm not mad about body horror, but this was really visceral and really imaginative. I thought it was incredible. Um, my low, which is a real low, was A Quiet Place 2. Okay. Oh. Which, have you guys seen it? No, I've not seen it yet. No. I'm really bad at keeping up with things. Oh, no, you don't need to. You've spared yourself um, oh, two hours. You'll never get that. back. I really loved it. Really? See, yeah. I, re- I really like the first one. I thought the first one, it's a, it's a theme park ride. That's, that's all it is. You go in, you, it's a theme park ride. But within that, there is a story of a family. And I think it's a, it's a simple but pretty well-told story. In this one, it's 
a theme park ride which rapidly goes off the rails and basically the character's journey is just to become their dad. It's an ego project not for John Krasinski but for the character John Krasinski played. Right. It fell prey to the same flaws that like um, It too fell foul to where it's got an, a really strong cold open and then they instantly just separate all the characters and so all you're doing is chopping back and forth between various arcs with nothing really happening or no sense of like unity. It's just a bunch of stuff and then the credits roll. That's my tagline for the movie. A bunch of stuff, stuff. then credits. <laughs> okay. Uh, my heart, I've got two highs. Um, I've got three highs, really. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with The Devil's Playground, which is a zombie movie from 2010, starring Craig Fairbrass, Danny Dyer, and uh, Mayanna Burin. I thought it was that one. I was thinking for a second, really. Yeah. Danny Dyer film? It's, it goes through the motions, pretty much, in terms of zombie plots but even though it's kind of by the numbers in terms of the plot the fucking action is just intense it's exhausting to watch and it's a really low budget film but um the director's done such an amazing job of just making it so like well exciting um so yeah very impressive um and my other one is from 1981 the appointment starring edward woodward um, as a, <laughs> that's his name, Edward Woodward. Um, I think you'll find his name is Ewa Ewa, Ewa, Ewa. Yeah. Ewa. <laughs> um, as, Well, he, he's just a bloke and he's got, you know, trouble in his life. Like a, um, he can't find a tea towel. Um, his car's <laughs> in the garage. Uh, his wife takes too much of the duvet. It's really weird film. It's like... Okay, it starts off with a school child being sucked off by some bushes. What? Um, <laughs> by which I'm, I mean, like, as, as a schoolgirl, and she just gets into some bushes. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. What did you think I meant? <laughs> um, you made it sound like something very different. Did I? Oops. What? Cliff, making an innuendo <laughs> on this podcast? Oh, I don't think so. But that's completely irrelevant. Then there's half an hour of having domestic problems, very minor. Uh, then there's 45 minutes of him having dreams and his wife having dreams and premonitions and then him driving a long way. And then he has a car crash, the end. Um, but it's really weird. It's like, there's more to this and I didn't quite get it first time and I can't wait to watch it again. What's it called again? Oh, did I not mention it? The Appointment. No, you did mention it. I'm just old. Um... <laughs> it's been on Shyamalan's Beach too. It long. does sound awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very odd. I think it's a film that you need to watch again and again to try and figure out what all the things mean in it. Because it can't just be about a bloke who dreams that he's going to crash his car and then crashes his car. There's got to be more to it than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's good in it. The girl who plays his daughter is fucking appalling. But all part of the fun. Anyway, they were this month's highs and lows. Now it's time to pop that crystal like. It's Last time we asked you, our lovely listeners, to send us your rankings of the first eight Friday the 13th sequels. Because uh, we've already covered the others on previous episodes and we did the original exactly four years ago this month. Um, I've collated all your lists, totted up the scores and I've got the results right in front of me. And we're going to start from the top for reasons that will become obvious later on. And so our first feature and your number one favourite Friday the 13th sequel is... The fourth film in the series from 1984. It's Joseph Zito's Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Three times before, you have felt 
the terror. But this is the one you've been screaming for. Friday, the 13th, the final chapter. Jason is back. He moves like a shadow, dark and silent. Sorry to change your mind. He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Jason Voorhees seems to have been killed, having carried out two massacres at Crystal Lake in quick succession. But he escapes from the morgue and returns to his hunting ground for more. Uh, now then, Nathan, despite being a horror fan, you hadn't ever seen a Friday the 13th movie until this month. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I didn't grow up watching um, horror films at sleepovers. Right. So I feel like that's a huge chunk where, where most people like see these films for the first time because they didn't have that. So they've all just gone. I've seen like the first Halloween, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, but no Fridays. So this was kind of shocking to come into this um, because I didn't realize that the iconic Jason sort of the Jason that we know didn't sort of turn up until the third one. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. It's like when you like find out like uh, Ziggy Stardust is only a couple of years. You're like, oh, OK, I thought that was all of it. I thought that was uh, the whole thing. Cause, like, I can't say I've ever given that any thought whatsoever. <laughs> How long Ziggy Stardust I, was around for. But that's that's a, my first uh, engagement. I was like, oh, so Ziggy Stardust is a thing. You're like, oh, no, right. so it was just a couple of years. But um, yeah, and this, because I feel like they really try hard to like not have Jason in these films. That's what I was taken back by. I felt like I was expecting a lot more. You thought it would be about him just going about his daily routine? <laughs> I thought it'd be like that film you watched with Edward Woodward, like Jason like, having domestic troubles, like having weird dreams, getting sucked off by a bush. That's what I came here for. And I was surely, so I was really shortchanged. No, um, it both wasn't what I was expecting and was exactly what I was expecting in terms of there just being a lot of uh, teen bosoms and uh, blood. So did you watch them in order? Yeah, so I didn't get to all of them, but I, I, I watched um, I watched enough to get like the main thrust of right. uh, Jason's arc. <laughs> I feel like I know him <laughs> as a man. <laughs> and, uh, and would you say the final chapter, would you agree with our listeners and say that's the best one? Uh, I would, but I would really love to investigate how we're using the word best. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting thing. I do want to preface, because I didn't grow up on these and I've come in with just with no like nostalgia or anything, I think, I, I think my role on this podcast, which I'm going to have to just sit into, will be Buzzkill. So I think that is... That's the, have, that's you, have you listened to the podcast before? That role is taken. <laughs> Mostly by Cliff. <laughs> is it? I, I was yeah. not aware of that. <laughs> also, of the ones I watched, this is the one I liked the most because I think it has in um, Corey Feldman um, a sympathetic character, mm. which is unique <laughs> <laughs> in these films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's really good. I can't get over that scene where he's watching the girl across the way getting undressed. The way he reacts to that. The jumping all over his bed is insane. Yeah. It's, it's quite cute, isn't it? He's quite cute in this. He's not actually naturally. He's acting what someone's told him 
that they think is natural for a young boy that age. Because, like, I'm sure if you showed him some tits, he'd be like, cool, tits, I'm Corey Feldman. <laughs> That's what he says now when he says tits. <laughs> no, now he goes, cool, tits, where's the meth? Yeah. Um, allegedly. <laughs> when he was a child actor, he was incredibly charming. Um, he was, yeah. I have a similar sort of stance from, from Nathan. Like, I have no interest whatsoever in Friday the 13th. I watched the first one years ago and went, cool. Never appealed to me. I was bored shitless this month. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bored. It was just like, ah, uh, he's back. Get over it, Jason. Learn to swim, you pussy. Just like, oh, oh no, they're having sex. Ooh, I'm going to murder them. Like, stop it. Um, well, on that note, um, I think Sarah in the final chapter is the first person in the series whose death actually sort of means something. It makes you feel bad because she's the one who's such a lovely lovely virgin goes and has lovely sex with her lovely boyfriend and then gets killed pretty much immediately and she was so nice mm, that's because he's mental he is he's, he's a madman yeah well i made jack watch one of these and he was like well maybe it's like he's like morality and i was like no he's just fucking uptight get over it stop it just because they want to take some coke and have some dick. Leave them alone. <laughs> I don't think it's the best one. Uh, but this one's still fun. I don't know, I have always had sort of something for these films. Uh, like when Prince Charles has done their marathons, I've done it twice. Prince Charles same. marathons these films? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did all um, eight Oh, the point. Prince Charles cinema. The cinema. Oh, yeah. think of the, uh, I think, um, <laughs> I think Guantanamo Bay do that as well. Uh, to the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the but best... Yeah, that, you do they, get... They, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I was just you, going to talk about go. Crispin Glover. No, I was just because I love Crispin Glover because he's an absolute weirdo. He's really um, good, isn't it? He's, he's so, so good. Isn't he's he's good. He's good. <laughs> um, his and dancing his dancing is, is good. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's so bad. See, I watched the film. That's that, I watched the film. That's a line from the film. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, yes, he's he's great in this. He just plays Crispin Glover, but a little bit smaller the party scene where he does the dance and everything it's so <laughs> shit it's, so it's actually realistic yeah it's like yeah a very rare example of a realistic shit party in a american horror film because <laughs> it's yeah. just like your mum's house and like a guy's trying to impress a girl by like dancing like chris and glover it's arguably the most realistic part in the film because this is a film where the police discover a massacre and once they've recovered the bodies and put them in ambulances they all just fuck off <laughs> <laughs> they don't stick around to like you know look for clues or anything they just leave it done that's oh, probably jason don't worry about yeah. it yeah so that's just jason leaving just jason. boys will be boys um <laughs> i I didn't really sort of grow up watching these either. I've seen a couple of them before, but generally speaking, slasher movies that don't have rubber monsters in or, or <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street aren't really my bag. But I ended up enjoying a lot of these more than I thought I would. Did you enjoy more than more rubbery Jason got? Well, he's pretty rubbery in this one. Yeah, very, um, actually. Yeah, very rubbery. Th this one, I was just like, I think the, the Goonies was made like the year after this. And I was thinking, it's basically Chunk from the Goonies, isn't it? <laughs> when, he's, when he's got the one eye higher than the other, I was like, that's that's weird. Was, was the Goonies a sequel to this? That's, that <laughs> Jason finds his conscience and goes on a treasure adventure. Yeah, yeah. he's like a Freudian Chunk. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd agree. It, it's, there's a lot of kind of Freudian stuff in there. I'm sure there's a lot of um, papers written about um, Jason and his um, waving his big machete around. 
Um, but yeah, this one is fun. I think the characters are good. Even the kind of the various disposable teens that you meet, they feel quite believable. Um, a lot of them are dickheads. I mean, the stoner guy um, gets stoned on his own and watches vintage porn. Oh, my um, God. Which I don't know if that's something that happened a lot at, um, at people's house parties. Well, but... they're, they're stag reels um, that yeah, on yeah. Light Super 8, didn't they? So they're... they're... Yes. What I don't understand is the paramedic or the whatever he's going to be, Axel's TV porn, that aerobics channel that he's got. What the fuck is that? Apparently that's a real movie. I, I read somewhere that said that is a real film, the aerobics jiggling genre that was popular <laughs> in the mid-80s. Mid they did like aerobics um, in the 80s, didn't they? Yeah. Just women touching their buttocks against each other and, yeah. Well, have you not seen the Call On Me video? That's still popular. Well, that's true, but that's got good music. So, yeah, a bit of Eric Prince, yeah. Oh, mate. I suppose it's the whole Jane Fonda thing. It's like, I suppose, like them reclaiming like some kind of safe sexuality. They're like, okay, the the hippie movement was fucked up. Let's now have Jane Fonda market like sexuality in a safe, like in a way that's focused on getting better. That's my hot take. I was thinking of the Lanier Quigley ones as well. The horror the, workouts. Um, the horror, yeah, horror yeah. workouts where it's just her and some unconvincing zombies doing yes. some aerobics by the pool. And there, there are some aerobic scenes that are just her and her mates in lingerie going, let's do some lunges. Oh no, why have the lights gone out? I yeah. think that aerobics porn these days, it makes me think of Beyonce's single ladies video gone horribly wrong. Or horribly right, depends what it's Oh no, wrong, horribly yeah. wrong, horribly wrong. <laughs> I think the guy that was watching the silent Victorian porno reels on the couch is the film's true monster. I Oh yeah, he's awful. Whatever he would have gone on to do, his his death was justified. I didn't need that man out there in the world. The way he was conducting himself, he had like real sort of like pickup artist vibes. I, I, I welcomed his death. If he had survived, he'd have invented the Facebook ten years before Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Let me just put that into the computer. Yeah, that guy was a monster. <laughs> I don't get how Tommy ends up with all of the uh, Ron characters' news cut-ins. Ron's got them in his tent, hasn't he? And then all of a sudden, they're on Tommy's wall. And somehow he goes, oh, I know I know how I can kill Jason. What if I make myself look like him when he was a child? That will confuse <laughs> him enough for me to stab him through the head. What? Also, shaving anything takes a lot of time. And I know he was a child. He was very good at shaving for a child. I mean, he did a bit, a bit of a shit job because he wanted to look like Jason. But it's like, A, where did you learn to shave, mate? You're about eight. B, your sister's, like, about to be killed. Like, yeah. there's a quicker way of doing these <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah. You're like, no, hang on, I've got an idea. Ooh. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty iconic ending, but it's doesn't make any sense but the characters in these films do seem to have like a really weird understanding of psychoanalysis and regression theory yes. because like he does it and in two the girl puts on the jumper to like yeah. uh, mimic his mother it's like what are you doing who are you fucking dr melfi yeah like those two films it's like we're gonna destroy him with psychology and like because i work in social care at the moment it's like yeah i'm on board with this this is i'm gonna take this to work Oh, yeah. I think, the, I think with the second one, though, doesn't she say, oh, I'm majoring in psychology. So it ah, kind of at least well. makes sense that she's got that knowledge. But why Tommy has it, I don't know. He's just such a smart boy. And he's so good at shaving. <laughs> um, you can't hear Destiny's Child right now, can you? No. no. Okay, no. good. Someone keeps sitting in their car outside the front of my house just playing music really loud. Oh. And I can hear his Destiny's Child right now. Is it someone from the fake video shop with the fruit pastels? <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's see what music he likes. Let's play him a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I heard someone we'll say the outside. We'll get him right outside. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so number two in our listeners poll is the one that actually I expected to win and to be fair it was very close why they have to go and dig up Jason some folks have a strange idea entertainment Jason lives Friday the 13th part six this is the best one yeah it's my favorite this one is very very good um it's it's got the kind of self-aware scream type stuff way before scream did it and it's got alice cooper on the soundtrack and it's cheesy and fun so it's cheesy yeah. but also like right from the very very start like the the opening shot and the sounds and the lighting effects and everything you see ah oh, this is a different sort of friday the 13th film this is like way more ambitious they're going big on this one mm. and they do a james bond opening yes. jason does his own james oh, bond I love opening that. so that's that's so perfect. ridiculous I feel, I think part of it being my favourite was tempered a bit when it showed up on Friday night on BBC One in 1994. And I thought, ah, I can't show my film on Friday night BBC One. It's my film. <laughs> did they did they cut it to fuck though? No, I think it was completely uncut. Oh, TV right. cuts are really weird over us at the moment. I saw a TV cut of Drive recently and they completely cut out the guy's head getting stomped on so it's literally just your man staring for two hours yeah. with a cool soundtrack <laughs> so what channel was that um best movies or greatest movies apparently it was i was in a hotel in brighton and watched that god i'm amazed that channels like that even know what they're putting on <laughs> so yeah i'm surprised the bbc didn't cut down no i don't think it was cut it wasn't completely uncut like we get it now but it was the same version that was on video with all the swearing and gore. I like the bit when you see Jason's corpse and it's all covered in proper worms and shit. Not like mm. in Fear Street, where all the bugs that the girl gets covered with are obviously CGI. What is wrong with actors today? Well, the bug actors are clearly just lazy. That's, that's probably it, yeah. And the bugs probably haven't got a very good union, have they? So yeah. they could get replaced. <laughs> they don't get the work. Or well, they were just like, no, come on, I do less work for more money on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Paul Burrell's anus, don't you know who I am? <laughs> is that a trial in I'm a Celebrity? Putting bugs up your arse, is that? I mean... I'm, I'm pretty sure, I've never watched it, but I'm pretty sure there's no Bush Tucker trial where they have to put bugs up each other's asses. They do. Ant holds one leg, Deg holds, holds the other leg. And yeah. There's yeah. A, it's just a PA who's just popping up cockroaches. And the more they cry, the more food they win for camp. That's, that's how it works. And for, for every one they poop out, like they get a star that someone gets a meal. <laughs> Biggins is walking around with three cockroaches still up him right now. Well, I think um, Tony Blackburn is more cockroach than man these days. <laughs> Why do you think um, Peter Andre looks so haunted? <laughs> you know when you watch a film loads when you're a kid and like the sort of adult jokes go over you, over your head, and then sometimes it's maybe not for years until you realise, oh, hang on, that was a dirty joke. I hadn't even noticed. So I've watched this loads as a kid, loads as an adult, and it was only watching it this month that I realised the bit where Megan puts Tommy's head down in between her legs, says, keep down, it's going to be a hairy turn. And he goes, <laughs> which is a joke that ironically wouldn't make any sense to kids today. I mean, but it's not a kids movie. No. You say that, but I first watched these films, certainly the first four when I was 11 or 12, because um, I distinctly remember having the final chapter poster on my wall. What are you going to say? I distinctly remember having pubes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember wow. having the final chapter poster on my wall held up with glued pubes. It's <laughs> <laughs> understandable. Bluetack does anything, you know. It's amazing stuff. <laughs> right, continuing with the listeners poll, you put part two at number three. Jason's a legend, a legend. Legend. Camp Blood. Bant's blood, more like. <laughs> I'm glad Friday the 13th Part 2 begins with a 10-minute uh, recap of what happened in the first film, because otherwise I don't think I'd followed the plot at all. No, it's good. I like they do that for a few of them, like Fast and Furious, and I really enjoyed that because they all blend into one film for mm. me because I have no interest in them. And it's like when I saw Fast and Furious Part 6 and I hadn't seen any of the previous ones, but it didn't matter because they recapped it. It's oh, great. So, so it's for people like you. Great. Uh, as a point, actually, Nathan, did you start with the first film or did you dive straight into Part 2? Dive straight into Part 2. Oh, so it was a useful recap for you as well? Yes, it was really helpful. That was my, I will say, my favourite bit of the film. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> Just watching the first film on Fast Forward. <laughs> it's ideal. Because like, I, I, I knew the twist, but I, it was nice to see, like, okay, so that's what it looks like. Um, but I will say, because that eats up so much of the running time, the main narrative arc is, like, about 60 minutes. Well, 72 and a half, yeah. 70, yeah, there's not much movie here. Mm, which is good, because it means it fucking flies by you think <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing the last time i watched this film it was really slow for me but then for some reason when i watched it this time it went by a lot quicker is this since they've invented one and a half speed watching film no, no i just i didn't really love it the um the last time i watched it but then i enjoyed it a lot more this time i don't know why brian are you just, just confessing to watching these at one and a half speed Ever since Phil Gerrard taught us that trick, I've, I've really appreciated it because I don't like these films. So I was like, and it was like, oh, special. what's the one with the um, Jesus fucking Christmas? No, he doesn't even swear. He goes, Christmas, shit, Christmassy, shit, Christmas. He's like the, the morgue guy um, does the swearing, but it's really bad swearing. Yeah. That at two speed is amazing. Yeah, like you were saying. There's some fun kills in this one. I think it's a fun sequel, but it's, it's not fully realised Jason yet. Well, Sackhead. Yeah, Sackhead, Sackhead Jason. Yeah. If he was British, would it have been a bin bag? <laughs> they not have bin bags in America. Oh, bin bag Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might have bin bags in America. I need, I need the British Jason now, then. I'd be Jace. Oi, Jace. <laughs> Hand of Death. It's the British Jason. It's, it's called, oh, okay. It was called Hand of Death Part 25 on the video cover. It's... Uh, a Friday the Thirteenth piss take starring a British oh. Jason called Jackson. Um, it's very good. Hmm. Is it actually good though? Or yeah, is it's it just... quite good. Yeah. I mean, is okay. it good or is it Cliff good? It's, it's Cliff good. <laughs> okay. Did you say it's called Unmasked Part Twenty Five? That's right. That's the one. Jackson isn't a very British name though. That's kind of a weird choice. No, it's a very confused idea concept. It's a very confused <laughs> concept. He's supposed to be the killer in a series of American slasher movies, but he's a British bloke who lives in London. <laughs> Uh, it makes sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all, but it's a good film. We covered it on um, our uh, Horror Spoofs episode. Would that want to be a super prude? Um, I did actually find, I think more so in this one, I found that the, the nudity like really disturbing because it's such like a dated thing now. And it's, I think we've moved beyond that. I was just trying to get into the headspace of like, it's so fascinating that at this period in time, this confluence of like violence and nudity is just what the world wanted. I'm, I'm just curious as to like why that is. That's all American teen movies of the 80s, though, isn't it? So all the comedies mm. were like Porkies and Meatballs and things like that. Either the American public realised that boobs were hilarious or they people that made movies re- thought that 
that was what people wanted. I always mm. thought that um, these kind of horror films were sort of like the moral panic because it was like, especially in the 80s, sex was just, you know, the, the AIDS crisis. Everyone's like, don't do it, oh, you're going to die. I've never really bought that they're a moralistic thing. If you have sex, you die. I think it's just pure exploitation. You have sex and then you get bloodily killed. You know, it's two for the price of because one. Because that's what the audience want. Mm. And also when the characters are shagging, they're distracted. This whole series, there's some really good, like, mid-coitus yeah. killings. One thing I've learned from watching these films is shagging in the missionary position just is the worst if there's a killer in the house because you've just got no <laughs> no, no advance warning. You know what meerkats are like? I bet meerkats don't fuck in the missionary position. <laughs> yeah. I treat sex like a mafia don at a restaurant. You have to be your back against the wall so you can see anyone who comes into the room at any time. Exactly. No, I think there is like a moralistic thing to it. I don't think it's intentional, but I think it's playing on people's like innate morality, I think. I think that's probably what makes it so frightening. Especially with his mum being like, my kid died because you're all shagging. Mm. Which is why I'm just well, like... Well, she, she says making love, which making is love, weird. Making whoopee. Um, which that. is why I'm just... <laughs> she should. <laughs> she should be really entertaining. Well, break into a song and dance number. Thank you, whoopee, stuff. Um, well, that's that's what these films do have. They do have a few people dancing really badly. Yeah, if you, if you dance badly, you get killed. That's the yeah. moral here. <laughs> I struggled with this. It just felt like nothing happened. And I think the, the most egregious case of nothing happening is that the Max character doesn't get killed, like the Joker. Yeah, that's one of the worst things about part two is that half the cast fuck off to the bar and don't get killed. What kind of slasher movie does that? You can stay out late drinking, but don't smoke weed or shag or dance. My favourite scene in part two is where Vicky prepares for a night of hot sex by changing into a horrible jumper and brown underpants <laughs> and spraying her tits and muff with perfume so that they <laughs> taste all of chemicals. <laughs> I was upset there wasn't like a foley sound of like hissing. Like, like, <laughs> as, you, like as you did that downstairs spray. <laughs> the wheelchair kill is... It's the best kill in a film still. Yeah, That's great. Oh, but there's a really weird transition where that, so that moment of intense horror transitions into them coming, I think, to, to her, like, yeah. having sex and them both reaching Ooh. climax. I'm like, wow, that's some, like, Eisenstein shit. That is, uh, that's I mean, new. <laughs> Have you ever come so hard it's like falling down a flight of stairs in your wheelchair? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't, then have more to it to get in this van. <laughs> Uh, following on from part two at number three, part three is at number four. Eight corpses have been discovered in what is already being called the most brutal and heinous crime in local history. So now you'll start to see, if you're paying attention, why we're doing it in this order. So part three in 3D. I'd never seen it in 3D before this month. It's great. Um, I, I've never watched it in 3D. You know what? You haven't lived until you've seen a woman with perfectly good TV reception move her antenna on the TV just so that it goes right in your eyes. Mm. <laughs> also, I like the bit where um, I think he's putting the laundry up at the beginning. It's like, whoa, there's a pole. Yeah, just pokes yeah. the stick right yeah. out you. Also, those opening credits... I had no idea how far out of the screen they come. Like, I was touching them with my hands. I was touching them with my toes. It was amazing. Cliff's never seen 3D before. I've seen loads of 3D <laughs> films before. <laughs> but this one, this one's really good. Like, oh my God, there's a yo-yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's amazing. The yo-yo scene is the best because every single time I've seen it at Prince Charles Cinema, 
when the yo-yo scene, they everyone gets really excited and starts going, oh, when it just keeps coming towards the screen every time. Oh, because they don't, have, they don't have 3D in Prince Charles yeah. cinema, so they just show it that way. And also, that's what the actual Prince Charles does whenever, whenever he watches it. Yeah. <laughs> Jason's first kill in that hockey mask is fucking iconic, and he looks so cash when he's doing it. That harpoon kill. He just looks... Fuck you, harpoon, boom, hockey mask, bang. Brilliant. Iconic moment of the series. No, it's the popcorn flying at the screen for me. That's also a really good bit, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know sort of like the the role that this played like with the audience. I know I know this they, they were popular movies, but at what point did it sort of become a thing you know like how now it's, it's part of like the movie like lexicon like kids dress up as jason on halloween do you think it's an accident because it's one of those things it's so fucking iconic but before this in the first two films he just doesn't exist really as a thing you couldn't even draw him really no and by that point there had only been two halloween films no nightmare on elm streets one Texas chainsaw massacre so it wasn't until they all started getting more sequels that these four slashers became you know iconic in that way hmm does that answer your question, Nathan? That does answer my question. <laughs> does the prosecution rest? <laughs> no further questions. I was, I, was, um, I was heavily involved in that. It was really interesting. Yeah, it's, all, it's almost Thank as if you. I was using my horror expertise for good rather than just for dick jokes. <laughs> hey, sometimes you make muff jokes. Come on, man. Yeah, but you complained about those so much last time. I like to change my mind. More, more muff jokes. Come on. And that's why you're bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> anyway jason what a character yeah would anyone like to guess what's at number five in our listeners poll a new beginning it is severe trauma at age 12 brutal self-defense murder of a psychopathic killer yep it's part five a new beginning i mean this to me is the so bad it's good entry I love this. Uh, it's trashy as fuck, this one. And I, I saw a bit of the, um, I didn't watch all six hours of it, but the um, the documentary. Um, the guy that had directed this had previously directed exploitation movies called things like Tits in Prison. <laughs> <laughs> and you have that kind of scuzzy, nonsensical, um, silly air to it. It's ludicrous, but it very definitely mostly is so bad it's good with the, the odd bit that's just bad. I find the pacing's a bit off with this one as well. I got quite bored towards the end. Yeah, I, I find the ending when it all turns into a proper Friday the 13th climax, chase Jason down, all that kind of stuff. That is the worst bit because it's the bit that's the least inept. Mm. The way that they even try to hide the identity of this new Jason is ridiculous. It's so transparent. So his reaction to discovering that his son is dead is to flip out in this really specific way, dressing up as a serial killer who's been cremated. He's, he's made a latex head, so he looks like Jason underneath the mask. He, he even like hangs around in the right places to make Tommy go insane and think that he's doing it. All that effort, and yet he gets the hockey mask completely wrong. It's got the wrong colour on it. Maybe that was all they had in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll get onto that later because, I mean, someone else tries to be Jason later on and gets it bang on. And then at the end, the news clipping of Jason, like looking at the camera in a, a, a news clipping and there's a photo of Jason in his hockey mask. Like, when did he pose for that picture? <laughs> for his Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a passport, surely. I think like, but, yeah. like, at one point, Jason was planning to go to Paris. 
Most Americans yeah. do not have passports. I can't see why Jason would be any different. Was there like a slasher killer version of Tinder? Where it would have yes. been like Lonely Hearts ads in those days, wouldn't it? It'd just be a photo of him and his hockey mask going, would like to meet lady. <laughs> <laughs> Must not be interested in sex, music or smoking marijuana. <laughs> Must like camping. <laughs> I move like a shadow and it's as if I don't breathe. <laughs> like you, you know Chug from the Goonies <laughs> not like him. one eye higher than the other <laughs> it's hard to buy glasses <laughs> okay uh, the downward traject the downward trajectory oh, that's difficult to say the downward traject <laughs> you've done a remix right now the, the, <laughs> the downward trajectory continues because skipping over part six which came in much higher up taking the number six spot is think about it moving and make it move friday the 13th part seven the new blood because why wouldn't you introduce a girl with telekinetic powers at this stage did you watch this one nathan i didn't get to this one no all right but I did read the synopsis, so I feel like I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think after the um, the last one just being sort of gumming as ridiculous as it did with Jason being brought back to life. Yeah. With the whole telekinesis thing, it's like, are we meant to sort of be, oh, that's too far now. It's like Jason being brought back to life already. Of course, we bring this in. Um, it does feel like it's this is where the franchise started ripping off other stuff. It does feel like um, they've bought in bits of scripts from a totally different movie, yeah. uh, the, the many Hellraiser sequels. The only thing that's a shame about this one is that there's good kills in it, but this is one of the ones that has the most heavily cut yeah. kills out of the whole franchise. Is that because they got gorier, or is that because um, the films were kind of more successful and more people were aware of them, and there was more of a kind of a moral panic thing going on. Well, both. They did get gorier and more violent. You know the scene where Jason picks... That's one of my favourite kills in the series, where Jason picks up a girl in a sleeping bag, just thwacks her against a tree, <laughs> and she dies. <laughs> in the, the uncut version, he, he does this, I think, six or seven times, but the MPAA were like, we can't have that, that's too violent. It's actually more violent in the one-thwack version. Yeah, because you just think, how strong is it? Yeah, exactly. I had a lot of cut-out pictures from Fangoria on my wall, including a nice close-up photo of a dead guy from Friday the 13th Part 7, the guy who gets the hatchet in his face, or the machete in his face. And like you see him a few times in the rest of the film, his face is completely split open. You don't see it as well as you did in that... I think it was actually a a centrefold in Fangoria. They had a centrefold of, um, of, of hatchet face, split face, or whatever it's called. And I had it on my wall, my bedroom wall. And when my mum saw that, she said, I need to send you to a psychiatrist. <laughs> she never did, but... Um, <laughs> you lost school. How does that work as a centrefold? Would it, they would have just... I don't wank it. over it. No, I don't mean wanking. I meant logistically <laughs> how it would fit on the pages, but... Yeah. No, but it's just the I I can't. What I'm saying is I can't visualise it. It wasn't posing naked. It was. Um, he wasn't pulling it apart. Put it that way. It, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. For once, I didn't mean something filthy. I just meant. Cliff, did you mean it was just like the centre of the magazine? Rather yeah, than as a poster. The as a poster, yeah. Uh, oh. So, it, but it wasn't like four pages. Yeah. Like, oh, See, oh. I was imagining the guy's face stretched across four pages, and that's weird. Four pages, and, and Cliff stuck it to his ceiling. Hang on, a, cent- a traditional centerfold pull out. Four yeah, pages. you know when you get a, a porno centerfold, and it's like, oh, and then there's extra pages, and you're like, oh no, no, I didn't know that. 
I thought it would be half a lady, but it's a whole lady. <laughs> you know what? I, I did not know that. I thought a centrefold was just spent the centre pages. No. It, yeah, it, it's a centre pages, but two pages still drop off. There's of it. extra pages. I, I had no idea. I've never seen one, <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> they used to do it with um, Kerrang! magazine for some reason as well. You'd have a band, and like the band which would be there. But if their legs weren't in it, then all of a sudden that page would fold out and now their feet were in the poster as well. Yeah, quite a lot of the sort of teenage mags in the mid-90s did it as well. Hang on, how, 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 if how you, like, you turn they, it round, you how, turn it round, but then, you turn legs, it from like, magazine, you turn it round and then you get Evanescence's feet and you'd be like, oh, they got oh, it's feet. A fa- oh, fold out that way. Oh, I yeah, see. Fold out oh, that I get way. It. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, yeah. Um, I suppose the other way is a gatefold, but this is yeah. a fold out. But, right, like, I get it, I get it. But I've never Do seen you know it. last month we were talking about fizzy drinks? Is this this month's fizzy drink talk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cliff, could you tell us what year this was as well? You had this... Um... Uh, well, it would have been 1987, isn't it? New blood. Um, and what day of the week did you get this Fangoria magazine? What month was it from? Um, you know what? I could probably figure it out if I think really hard. <laughs> What I, issue I, number was, was it? It would have been a Saturday I got it, because I always picked it up from W.H. <laughs> Smith on a Saturday. If you had a subscription to W.H. Smith, you'd go in and you'd go to the back of the shop and there'd be all these brown folders and you'd, you'd go there and there'd be my name there and uh, I'd pick out oh. Fangoria magazine that they'd reserved for me in the... My mum did that with um, co-op with uh, Mr. Bean comics. Oh. So not, it's not Fangoria. <laughs> she a big fan. Do you still have a Mr. Bean centerfold? <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Is it a centerfold of the bit where he puts uh, Pink Panther's tail between his legs and makes it look like a cock? <laughs> <laughs> Is he completely nude with Teddy covering his cock and bollocks? Oh. <laughs> Talking about the film, though. What I don't understand is why does Jason, having been resurrected from the lake right opposite a house full of potential victims, party and teens, why does he then spend the next few hours just walking around the woods killing people that he finds in the woods? Why doesn't he go directly into the house and kill them all? He's doing a warm-up, isn't he? If he goes and kills all those teens in the house straight away, he's going to be knackered. He's building it up slowly. He's been under the water for a year, I suppose. And he can't swim, so it must have taken him a lot of effort to get to the top. Well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't take him any effort because uh, Tina telekinesis him out by mistake. Because what she did, she accidentally telekinesis drowned her dad 10 years before. Yeah, there's a lot of Freudian shit in this one as well. Presumably the official report then said accidental drowning. Fine. That's why she's right. not. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. They never bothered getting the body out of the lake or anything. They just left him there. To be fair, the dad was an arsehole. So, you know, maybe when you're an arsehole, they just leave you there. What's the next film? Right. I'll tell you what the next film was, Brian. It was the one I was dreading having to rewatch because I hate it. At number seven in our listeners' poll. He walks the ship here and now. Yes, a killer walks this ship, all right. And it's certainly none of us. Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, a.k.a. the worst one. It is terrible. I'll tell you what, I had a choice between watching this and uh, The New Blood, and I went for this one because it sounds like The Muppets. <laughs> um, take I fucking wish it was the Muppets. I, it, a crossover would have been amazing. The music was um, interesting, wasn't it? The awful title sequence. Yeah, yeah, oh. just like oh, New York's so gritty. 
I love how shit that music is. Like, in the city, life has no meaning. Everyone's yeah. on crack. And then it turns out they haven't got the budget to film in Manhattan it's anyway. Vancouver, isn't it? Oh, yeah, because the, the cop is like, hey, say sorry, welcome to New York. Oh, he's amazing, that <laughs> Irish cop. Hey, yeah. Is he Irish? I thought he was Canadian. The actor's called Roger Barnes. I really hope he removed Irish accent from his list of skills on his spotlight profile because that <laughs> was dreadful. <laughs> Oh, it was beautiful. He's actually a British actor, but... Really? Yeah, but that Irish accent is just bullshit. I assumed he was Canadian, because I was like, oh, they must be filming in Canada then, eh? Um, mm. This was a great film, though, because it was, it was not so much Jason takes Manhattan, it's Jason sort of clings onto a ship and goes, all right, I guess I've got to go on a ship now, and, um, and spends <laughs> the majority of the time on the ship, and the ship everyone's really excited to be on. You say that, did you get the impression that anyone in this film was excited to be there? Everyone in this film looks so bored and it makes it such a boring... I'll tell you what, when the ship's captain gets his throat slit, I swear he yawns. (laughs) 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 It's it's awful. There's a couple of um, characters in this that you think are going to be quite interesting, by which I mean, if I'd watched this when I was 15, I would have fancied them both. (laughs) Mm. I mean, like the um, girl who basically on the ship to pretend to play the guitar oh. <laughs> and the nerdy photographer guy i really like what they've all brought on a school trip though because it's like if i go on a school trip I'll, i'm lucky if i remember my lunch i mean i don't go on them now because i'm 32 but like they, they've got one girl who's like brought her her axe that her parents really like came through on and her amp and like you know a really bad soundtrack that she plays along to you've got camera boys like oh i'm going on a school trip i'll bring my camera which makes sense and then you've got like the boxing lads who are like, I'm going to bring my boxing lads, like, I've got all my gear. One of them's like, I brought champagne and coke. One of them's like, oh, I'm going on a school trip, I'll bring my dog. I liked this film. It what? was not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. So this is the first time you haven't said, I hate these films. You <laughs> like this one. <laughs> I think What's I just I think I just had a really bad day today. I watched it after I got home from work and I was like, this is all right. I'm all right with this one. It's kind of fun bollocks. Because I was like, I was gearing myself up. I was like, okay, this is just, as you said, it's fun bollocks. I'm like, there's going to be a twist because, you know, come on, she's got some horrible background. She keeps seeing like this kid. And because I'd watched the next film, I was like, oh, is she going to be like a sister? And that's going to lead into the next one. Brilliant. Ba-bow. And then the, the whole secret is... Her uncle pushed her in the lake once. <laughs> That's her trauma. Now, when? That's her when, trauma. when exactly would this have been? Uh, like where, while ten Jason years ago? was drowning in the lake? What, 1957? No, because he was already in the lake. I um, assumed he was a ghost when she saw him. He's a ghost. Some lake. kind of very, very specific psychic powers that only work when she's chucked in a lake. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's, he's just a normal looking boy at that point as well. And then. And then slowly over the course of the film, one eye goes higher than the other. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's a little boy at the end of it. And they're like, great, see you later. There's toxic waste, by the way, in the uh, underbelly of uh, New York. Yeah, yeah. they they pump that through every night. There's really, really unconvincing street gangs. Always a a, a quality sign in an 80s movie. (laughs) Jason takes a train as well. Oh, yeah, he doesn't know one cares. Jason punches a man's head off. Oh, that's the, yeah, that. and it just his head falls into um, a dumpster. That's Julius, a great, yeah. great example of the black people always say motherfucker trope. Yeah, there's some really um, excellent hippity hop music which goes, "It's hard in the city, but I don't mind. Don't take meth. Don't get girls. It's hard in the city." Ooh. <laughs> the most realistic thing in it is, you know, that kid at the start on the little boat who scares his girlfriend by pretending to be Jason. His yeah. hockey mask that he uses for that. 
Looks exactly like the real one. He does a better job than Roy in part five. (laughs) Made more of an effort just to scare his girlfriend. That's love. (laughs) And do you like the actor who played the principal, the school principal? I saw him on IMDb and I was like, well, he must be like someone who's, you know, well known or in lots of films. And, you know, half of that's true. Um, He plays a very convincing pedo. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> let me finish my sentence before i because <laughs> so i again i was quite disappointed but i don't know if we just had a long day but i was like i was ready for some kind of like deep family trauma i was like she's either been abused by him or she's jason's sister or something horrific's happened no he's like i'm gonna swim oh, no. all i can think is that the bloke who made this, Rob Hedden, who wrote and directed it, he'd only seen part seven and he thought, oh, so these are films about teenage girls who've got a connection with Crystal Lake. That's mm. the main gist of this franchise. It's weird that the trailer is the best thing about this whole film. Yeah, the, the teaser trailer. Yeah, they, they yeah, did yeah. look like it was going to be good. And, and to be fair, when I was a kid, I really enjoyed it. But I think something at the back of my mind knew that it wasn't all that. And now I can't stand it. I just think it's so bad. It's, it's the worst film of the entire franchise, all 12 of them. It's awful. Why would you waste good heroin on her as well? That was stupid. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't good heroin. No, I mean, it was in like a giant, like, reanimator-style syringe. It was quite like, oh, here you go. I'm going <laughs> to rape you. And then she gets rescued and they're like, how are you? She's like, I'm fine. Yeah. Also, don't judge the quality of the heroin on the size of the syringe. That is a rookie <laughs> mistake. <laughs> Oh, it's hard in the city, and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, of course, somewhat inevitably, we come to our second feature, the bottom of the pile, number eight out of eight in our listeners' poll. From 1993, it's Adam Marx's eternally unpopular Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Horror has many faces. Death wears many different masks. But pure evil wears only one. And this is your final chance to see it. What you think of as Jason is not Jason. He wears other people's bodies like folks wear a suit. There's only one way to put an end to him, and I'm the only one that knows the way. The creator of the first Friday returns to bring you the last. Jason Voorhees is dead. Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Jason is blown up by the army, but his heart will go on as his spirit body hops from one person to another, continuing his murderous legacy. I really miss those trailers that used to have that type of voice on the top of yeah. the we don't, we don't get them anymore. No. But yes. there's a man <laughs> in a world. <laughs> So over 50% of the listeners who voted in our poll put this as their least favourite Friday sequel. And I feel really saddened by that because I really like Jason Goes to Hell. I think it's bloody good. It's a good romp. It's not, I wouldn't use the word good. Uh, it's well, you enjoyable. Did. You, you literally did just use the word good. Oh, it's an okay romp. I wouldn't use the word good. You can add that. It's like, it's like <laughs> KFC. KFC is very enjoyable, but it's not good. Well, have you, have you, have you had a Zinger Tower Burger? I mean, that's pretty damn good but it's not like a delicious steak it's like wine is very lovely mm. but it's not like as good as like well, nobody's saying that jason goes to hell is the exorcist 
<laughs> but it's a good romp, like you say. It's a good romp. I think I've... Do you know, I'm just thinking this, like, when I was having a wee. I was like, I think I've been too hard on these films. I've been lying here going, ah, I hate them. But Did like, all the hatred not... just leave your bladder? It just, I just really <laughs> needed a wee. I think that was it. That's what wees are. They're all your, your hatred. He spews <laughs> out like his Jasonness into the people in this film. It's all like black, visceral, like nah. So that's what happened, but with piss. Um... <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Hey. <laughs> it's a slash film. Do you remember when we did um, Alien Invaders? Do you remember the hidden? No, I don't you don't remember that the hidden. It's based, Jason yeah. goes to hell. It's basically the hidden Mark Two. I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot of like I love yeah. films that have like stuff coming out of people's mouths into other people's mouths. I'm a big <laughs> fan of that as a genre. <laughs> this is all right. I didn't like the fact that the main character was just. I was expecting it to be a different person as the main character, and it turned out to be just this dweeb. I know. Hang on. You say he's a dweeb, right? They've dressed him really odd. I can't yes. decide whether he's meant to be a jock or a nerd. He's dressed like he works in tech, like now. Do you know what I mean? Or like the late nineties, like Bill Gates. Well, he transitions into a jock halfway through. He just loses the glasses and then becomes like a a badass who can jump through handcuffs. Yeah, Mm. (laughs) yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense his character, and also he's not very uh, charismatic. And the worst bit of the film is the twenty minutes where there's no Jason jumping from body to body, killing people, and it's just let's meet this guy who's really boring. Because mm. he's going to be the hero. Mm. Mm. I mean, they miss a trick. The perspective of the film should obviously have been Creighton Duke. Why Ooh. is he not like positioned as the? It should have been Duke and the Dino Lady. Yeah, um, yeah. She was everyone great. else was just just bullshit. But Duke had a goal, and I didn't know the like they. His, his sort of like motives are really unclear. Like the scene in the prison when he's like, "Oh, I'll tell you information which I need you to know." But only on the condition that you let me break your fingers. Yeah. I mean, that's I could relate to him on that part because it's like I would break his fingers. This fucking dweeb. Like. <laughs> I wonder yeah, if it's, there was something in his contract like that. They had to apologise to that actor for casting him as the lead in Friday the Thirteenth the series. Uh, like it's like we'll make it up to you. We'll put you in a proper Friday the Thirteenth movie with Jason and everything. Um, because mm. that series was really boring. I didn't watch it. No, no, nobody did. Jason's not in it, is it? No, it's just like a kind of X-Files type thing. Yeah, just a shop with yeah. some stuff in it. Yeah, just a shop. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yes, yeah you're right. It's like Bagpuss. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky Bagpuss. Yeah. I really like the world of this. I don't. I didn't love the film. It's, this, is, this will kind of bug me. I think I really loved like how aware... I mean, it's touched on other, other films, but like, I really loved how aware it was of Jason as a figure... I kind of wanted more of that. I wanted more of like the the news teams like trying to take him down. I wanted more of like the the diner exploiting him. Yeah. I, wanted, like, I love that the army so. know that Jason loves naked women enough to use on his bait. Yeah. Like mm. I really love that stuff. Also, I really love because it's early nineties. It reminded me like just because it's what they would go into parody, but it reminded me of The Simpsons, just how things looked, like the news footage, like the the stamps coming up. Yeah, like rock mm. bottom. Yeah, hundred percent. Springfield. Just... I did like how obvious it was like even when the, the the news guy was in the the house and he's like i'm clearly a bad guy but he was, he was like he they were only making him a bad guy so dweeb man would look more like affable because he was like mm. i've i've stolen the dead body of the cool diner woman she's in the house and then i fucked her daughter 
<laughs> twirly moustache, twirly moustache. Um, as subtle as being hit in the head with a brick repeatedly. It was fun, though, I guess. It was fun. It has a sort of uh, cartoony, comic booky vibe to it, which I quite like. Do you know what? It did remind me of that um, uh, nightmare film that I really like, the one directed by the lady. Yeah, Fred is Dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really stupid. Yeah, yeah really exactly, like, yeah. yeah. But they kind of missed it slightly. Like, they could have pushed a lot more with this one and made it more ridiculous. Because I was really looking forward to this one. Because it was Mm. voted the worst by our trusted listeners. So I was like, (laughs) brilliant, I'm going to love this. It's going to be really (laughs) fucking shit and really enjoyable and really stupid. It was just like, it could have been more stupid. It could have been more ridiculous. It could have been more... It just... it, It wasn't too sure... I think they should have had some actual scenes in hell, but, but done in yeah. a really yeah. music video way. But, that but, would be shot awesome. in Vancouver. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but that's what I was expecting. He should have gone to hell. That's like calling the Shawshank Redemption, like Andy goes to Sayo Wantaneo. Like, he died, <laughs> that's, yeah, in the final moments, but that's not really the yeah. thrust of it. Also, spoilers. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry for anyone who hasn't seen Shawshank Redemption. I have, but in terms of the title of uh, Jason Goes to Hell, it's like, leave some mystery, like, Jason might go to hell. (laughs) Jason goes to hell, or does he? (laughs) It is stupid, but it's sort of knowingly stupid. They they get it, Mm. I think they get the level of humour just right. Although it does do that really annoying thing that rubs me up the wrong way. Also happens in Jason Lives, which I had never noticed before, but um, there's a bit where there's in here where there's um sheriff landis of cunningham county it's like oh right okay yeah good mm. good good okay you got any shouting at your horror directors great brilliant love it when you do that it's so good <laughs> well they've got a few like nods to uh creep show and evil dead in this one haven't they as well so it's like look we watched better films mm. this is the thing with like i said with seven already feels like it's ripping off a few things this one is the one that feels like the most ripped off films when they go into the house it's like there's an economicon when they're in the basement Ooh. there's um it's a knife as well isn't it knife from be. evil dead as well which is just yeah. like oh cool are they going to link everything up as bruce Cam- if bruce campbell did a cameo fucking brilliant would this would have really enjoyed it but where was bruce he was doing spider-man years later it's fine <laughs> <laughs> and you can't argue with time no, <laughs> I've tried so much. But yeah, I think it should have been dumber. Like the scene where the coroner um, eats the heart, that made me feel very reassured. I was like, okay, this is the kind of movie we're dealing with. Great, I want more of this. And it kind of didn't come. What about when the uh, coroner, when he's possessed by Jason, abducts and ties down the sheriff, then shaves the sheriff. <laughs> shaves him, yeah. Shaves him, presumably because he doesn't want to kiss a beardy man. And then kisses him so that blah, 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 into his mouth. Jason is confident enough not to need a moustache as a facial accessory. He's like, no, get rid of that now, possess you. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Wow. Stop hiding. Stop hiding behind a look. That's very ironic considering Kane Hodder has always had that ridiculous facial hair. So, yeah. Hmm. But it's full of self-loathing. But I, I, I do agree with you. I think, I think that is another moment like that where, like, that is so absurd and weird. I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want from this. It's got some of the most inventive and brutal kills in the whole series, which is one of the reasons I love it so much. Where Jason or whoever Jason is at the time just smashes two cops' heads together and they just blur into one. Yeah. Or the um, the diner owner. It's hard to see what happens, but I think he just sort of punches her in the face. The jaw jaw goes inside her. He implodes her jaw, basically, because she's chatting too much shit. Shut the fuck up, woman. Also, it's got the uh, goriest kill of the whole series when that, that girl in the tent gets 
ripped in half. That's what I was talking about earlier with the, um, there's some really good sort of mid-coitus killings. That's brutal, that. I love how Jason steps on the condom as they really like, really like rub it in. It's like, well, if you're strapped up, this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> I like the part when Jason fires fireworks from his chest. Should have, should have, should have done it out of his bum hole like a real England fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if I'd seen Jason with a pole stabbed up his bum hole and firing fireworks out of it, then that would, you know, that would be even better. Joyce, Joyce, mate. If that had happened, football would have come home. (laughs) He would have made it come home. Jason wouldn't have gone to hell, he would have come home. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, now let's play the game that makes my fellow devils say, me, 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 now, now, now. So, the way we play this, there are six pairs of audio clips to identify. One half of each pair comes from one of those Friday the 13th sequels. The other half comes from some completely different horror film. Uh, Buzz in when you know what they are and score one point for one correct answer, or three points if you know them both. It's Bryony and Nathan versus Luke and Emily. So, let's hear what buzzer noises you've got. Oh, Emily, you're back with the stylophone. The stylophone is back. Bryony's got your regular emetophone that I never know what it's called. Luke's got the frog. And Nathan, what have you got? Uh, I am going to uh, do this a cappella style. That's my buzz sound. <laughs> An owl. That's 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 what that's you know it's me, baby. An actual owl. Nice. <laughs> Nathan's got a real live owl in his house. He's just going to squeeze it, and it's. it's <laughs> Squeezing your owl when you squeeze it. It takes 12 squeezes for the owl to come, so we're 10 away now, so we'll see how well I do. <laughs> okay. Here's your first pair of scary noises. The centipede can be considered a phallic symbol. Centipedes are very aggressive creatures. Their bite can be very painful. Maybe he's connected the pain that a centipede inflicts. With the pain inflicted on him through use of psychological and sexual abuse by his father. Yeah, Luke. Is the dialogue the human centipede too? It is, yeah. And the music? It's a Friday the 13th movie. Um, let's go with part seven. Yeah, strong wow. start. Three points. Oh, no to way, Luke really? Yeah, cool. Okay, here's number two. Nothing for anyone. I feel like the music is is maybe a a Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe a, a Freddy vs Jason. It's not no. Uh, no, I don't think you're going to get those. The music was from Fear Street 1994. Ah. Uh, the dialogue was from Jason Lives. Right, number three. Holy Jesus, goddamn! Yes, Brianie. Oh, it's... Oh, fuck. I can remember the number. It's the one where he's in the hospital and he comes back to life. Is it three? Three? No, it's four. Four, 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 four. Yeah, four. that's four. right. It's, uh, final chapter. Yeah. Jesus Christmas, fuck. And did you get the music? <laughs> no, I was too excited about recognising something from these <laughs> terrible films. All right, Emily and Luke, can you get the music? Holy Jesus, goddamn! Holy Jesus, jumping 
Christmas shit! You better get that sucker in the icebox! I must be nuts! I mean, I really... Good night, Axel. Hey, where are you going? Any idea? Oh, I feel like it's from a Chucky film, but I don't think I'm right. I don't know. No. At all. Uh, you're not a million miles away. It's Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, uh, okay. At the halfway stage, uh, Luke and Emily are on three. Ryan and Nathan are on one. Here's number four. We're going to make weekly appointments. We're going to have further electroshock treatments. I want you to make certain that she keeps them. Yes, I will. Mrs. James. Will you set up four weekly appointments starting this Thursday for... Yes, Luke. Is the kid singing... Is that from Toad? It is, yeah. And the dialogue? No, I didn't, didn't get that. No. Brian and Nathan, can you get the dialogue from this? We're going to make weekly appointments. We're going to have further electroshock treatments. I want you to make certain that she keeps them. Yes, I will. Mrs. James, will you set up four weekly appointments starting this Thursday for Ethel Janowski? <laughs> There's one other thing, Mrs. Janowski. Yes. So was that the Was that the is that the Exorcist owl just then? Yeah. Yeah. But what was the is that the Exorcist owl asking? <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, the Exorcist owl wants me to just keep hooting because he's, he's edging right now. So he's, he's just... <laughs> edging owl. That's another great band name. <laughs> Uh, no, it wasn't The Exorcist. It was a film called Criminally Insane. Oh, so that close. one. Yeah, uh, that it's, famous. It's, it's, it's <laughs> worth watching, I would say. It's quite good. Okay, uh, number five. Just there, we're right around that summer camp where all those murders took place. What murders? We don't want to know. Tell me. The buds. Yeah, Bryony. It's um, Jason Takes Manhattan is the dialogue. It is. Music? Is it Spooky Killer? No. Luke and Emily, can you get the music? Just there, we're right around that summer camp where all those murders took place. What murders? You don't want to know. Tell me. Get about it, Susie. The guy's dead now. Somewhere at the bottom of this lake, if you believe the stories. What stories? It sounds like a recent thing. It's one of those sort of dark, rumbly soundtracks that kind of makes me a bit scared, but I don't know what it is. Is it In the Earth? It is In the Earth. Yeah, that was... I think I, I talked about this last week when I saw it. I was very much... when it, it's The same with um, St. Maud, when something's got those low rumbles in, it kind of freaks me out. So just remembering my trauma. <laughs> How are you on the underground? <laughs> don't let your boyfriend get too hungry. <laughs> Uh, with one to go, it is five two to Luke and Emily. So, oh, we could snatch it. If you get both of these, you can draw level. You're neither people nor animals, but something in between. Monstrous mutations, violent nature. Do you want to take one? You must be satisfied. I know what you're thinking because I've been where you are. That's enough. <laughs> yes, Emily. Is the music from Five? It is from Friday the 13th, but Five. That bothered me, because that girl's a goth. She would not have been dancing to that. What, Sierra Echo? They're a new wave band. <laughs> she was absolutely danced to that. She's got like pictures of like the cult and people like that. She I think anything. if you're that kind of bleach blonde, new wavy, gothy person, 
then you would like to see it echo. Well, she does in the movie, so okay. It's a better song than if I've ever heard by the cult. Well, yeah, the cult's shit, yeah. but she she seems to be the sort of person that would like them anyway. Yeah. I also enjoy music. <laughs> <laughs> um, the dialogue. Did you get it? <laughs> you forgot what we were looking for there. <laughs> yeah, I was just getting into this new uh, kind of Q Mojo type podcast. That you're doing. <laughs> this is our offshoot podcast. Now. Um, is the dialogue um, Paul Blart more cop lips? <laughs> it's not, funnily enough. Brian and Nathan, do you want to hear the whole thing? Here's the dialogue to get. You're neither people nor animals, but something in between. Monstrous mutations, violent nature. Take one. You must be satisfied. I know what you're thinking because I've been where you are. That's enough. Leave it. Cut. Leave it. But I have proof. Him. It sounds like my day Is it Greenbook? Is it Greenbook? <laughs> <laughs> what you said? Is it Greenbook? Yeah, I have. I have no idea. Is it than me? I should I? Uh, no, it was the howling. All right, so that was the end of Scary Noises. 6-2 to Luke and Emily. Well done. Nathan, thanks for joining us this month. Uh, I've got to ask, do you feel like a better man for having watched all those Friday the 13th movies? Uh, I feel like a different man. Uh, I think it was, I think a, it was a lateral man? move. <laughs> yeah, I think it may be worse. I think it, uh, no, I am glad. I'm super glad um, to have uh, to kind of to know what they are firsthand now. But I do, I, and I do want to watch the first one. That's still one I want to tick off the list. I feel like it's too huge not to not to see. Oh yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's a big thing though. Like it's, it's something to tick off your list of, of watching horror films because I mean I think with about the same age, it's like it's not something I ever grew up with. But it's something you're aware of through parody in popular culture and Freddy versus Jason. So mm. it was all right giving these a go. I just found them so tediously boring. But yeah. uh, So Nathan, do you have anything to plug? I have a uh, podcast myself. It's called Talk About Take Me Out. It's with two other brilliant comedians called Mickey Overman and Patrick Spicer, where we uh, each week give a critical analysis on the show Take Me Out. Uh, That's the, amazing. Now cancelled ITV dating show. Um, we're on hiatus at the moment, but we're going to be doing a new series soon, but you can catch all the episodes of it there available anyway. How far have you got to? We have just done season seven because that's all we can get out. It's, it's only from them. So we're going to do a bit of a um, Tarantino structure. We're going to start at the end <laughs> and then go back to the beginning. Um, don't include this in the podcast, obviously, but there's a guy who went on Take Me Out who is a literal paedophile and went out with a friend of mine when we were 15 <gasps> and he was 25. Jeez. And he went down. He's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. He's got such a fucking poncy name as well. And uh, everyone immediately went, no. And that was before they knew. Well, no one knew he was a paedophile. It was never, like, outed. Yeah, like his his mate on the VT. Yeah. He's a pedo. Are you saying he didn't even get to, in this, like, talent round, play his stylophone? No, everyone just went, no. <laughs> Not everyone that plays a stylophone is a nonce. <laughs> well, to be fair, I can't play he it. He played so. piano, actually. Um, but, yeah, he was an absolute knobber. Which series has got Lois in it? Not done Lois yet. She's now on the Ranganation. She is a... Skipper of a Thames cruise boat. No, I've not got to her yet. I met her when I was on fifteen to one. She was standing on the podium next to me on fifteen to one. She's she is lovely. <laughs> she's she was on Take Me Out. She's great. It's an incredible show. I want to know the paedophile now. I am fascinated. Oh, I'll, I'll send you the name. Um, find the pedo. I also went to school with a girl on that. But I mean, if you see it, I'll try and find it. I'll see if it's on YouTube. But also, the worst thing was like. 
I came across him on Tinder years ago and he was like, yes, it's me from Take Me Out. And he's like, you got bust out in the first round. Why would that be your Tinder line? <laughs> and also you're a pedo. Also, when you say don't oh. include this, uh, you haven't named him, so I will. No, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, include it. Uh, he's a pedo. Good. Just doing our bit for child protection here on <laughs> Devil Times 5, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Keep him peeled. Uh, next month, our guest devil is the brilliant comedian Joe Wells, whose years of doing jokes about the Tory government probably explain why he's picked dystopian horror as our theme for episode 56. Uh, we'll be looking at the entire Purge series, like it or not, as well as a selection of others. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm not looking forward to that. I can't sit through the first Purge again. Oh, <laughs> I've not seen any of them because they look shite. One of the others we'll be doing will be one that our Scary Noises winners, Luke and Emily, want to do as our first feature. So what do you want to pick? I was going to say Battle Royale. but All right, let's go Battle Royale then. All right, why not? Yeah. So our features next month are The Purge, Anarchy and Battle Royale. So why not let us know what you think of them? Uh, we're on Twitter at DevilX5. You'll also find us on Facebook. You won't find us on Instagram because I don't understand it. But Luke's <laughs> a big star on TikTok these days. What is it? 64,000 followers now? So that's something. 68. 68,000. Oh, really? Forgive me. In fact, we're lucky to still have you. I'm surprised you haven't left for <laughs> something made by Acast. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but you know, if you're on something by Acast, you have to do adverts. Well, I had a call with TikTok today, and that it's uh, the creator program that now puts you forward for TV shows and movies. Amazing! You could be the next paedophile on Take Me Out. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get so many fruit pastels. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> Until next time, thanks for listening and happy camping. <laughs>